Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Hi, sorry to keep you waiting. Welcome to the world of Pokemon. My name is Birch, but everyone calls me the Pokemon Professor. This is what we call a Pokemon. This world is widely inhabited by creatures known as Pokemon. We humans live alongside Pokemon, at times as friendly playmates, and at times as cooperative workmates. And sometimes we band together and battle others like us. But despite our closeness, we don't know everything about Pokemon. In fact, there are many, many secrets surrounding Pokemon. To unravel Pokemon mysteries, I've been undertaking research. That's what I do. And you are? Are you a boy or are you a girl? Class is in session, and today we're having cute, cuddly creatures and our workmates fight for our approval and amusement in 16-bit goodness with the third generation of Pokemon. As always, I am your host, Scott White, also known as Professor RPG, and this week I have the pleasure of welcoming to the university from the Grindline Red Wing Hockey Podcast, fellow founder of the now-sunsetted video game site DashingNerds.com, but most importantly, my dear friend and my groomsman, Mr. Craig Montique. How's it going, Craig? I'm not bad, Scott. How are you? I think that's the first time I've ever been introduced by the the founder or host of the Grindline Red Wings podcast, and it sounds really good to hear someone other than me say it. There you go. That's what I'm here for. Um, and in our tr- old traditional way, I'm currently re- enjoying a uh, a craft brew, uh, very reminiscent of our time with time hops. I was going to, and I uh, felt very tired, so I am drinking a Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar, but then after that shortly will come bourbon. There you go, there you go. This week, I am drinking Hetty Topper, the alchemist from the Alchemist Brewery in Vermont. It's a very, it's a double IPA, American double IPA. The beer is not intended to be the big, biggest or most bitter. It's meant to give you wave after wave of hoppy goodness on your palate. Tremendous amounts of American hops will creep up on you and leave you with a dense, hoppy finish in your mouth. So drinkable, it's scary. That's a lot to put on the side of a beer can. Oh, and it keeps going, but that's all I'm going to read. <laughs> oh, no thank you. <clears throat> but Don't get too wordy. I know. You don't want to overdo it, especially with a, a mouthful of creepy American hops on your tongue. But anyway, besides beer, we're here to talk about Pokemon. So, specifically, Gen 3, so this is Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. Now, these games initially, well, their initial release on the Game Boy Advance uh, released in Japan on November 21st, 2002. It made its way over to the West in the United States on March 19th, 2003, and made its way to Australia on July 25th, 2003. Emerald, its third kind of follow-up game, Released in Japan on September 16, 2004, May 1, 2005. In North America, Australia got it on June 9, 2005. And Europe, it looks like, finally got it on October 21, 2005. Its remake, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, released worldwide on 
November 21st, 2014, and in Europe, which is apparently not part of the world. Apparently not part of the world. Not part of the world, Europe. (laughs) Don't don't get ahead of yourself there, Europeans. Released a week later on uh, the 28th of November, 2014. That's so weird. Worldwide and then the European Union. (laughs) That was weird. Weird wording, but... Some other games you might have been playing to kind of get your mind listener back in the the timescape of when this game released. Other games that released in 2003 that you may have been playing included the original Knights of the Old Republic, Max Payne 2, Silent Hill 3, Tales of Symphonia, Tony Hawk's Underground, the Nier series got its start with Drakengard, the original one, Warcraft 3 got its popular expansion, The Frozen Throne, Beyond Good and Evil released, alongside the very first Final Fantasy direct sequel with Final Fantasy X-2, Advance Wars 2, Black Hole Rising release, and, of course, Game of the Year, Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball, released on the yeah. Xbox. Jiggle physics. Jiggle physics. All the jiggle. My booty don't jiggle jiggle. It wiggles or something. I don't... Whatever's popular right now. <laughs> I played the crap out of the Frozen Throne. Uh, I was very, very heavily into World of Warcraft. And this wasn't Tony World Hawk's... of Warcraft. Okay, Warcraft 3, sorry. Tony Hawk's Underground that year, uh, 2004, won's best video game soundtrack. It had 77 songs on it. Damn. It's a lot, and they're all really good songs. The Tony Hawk games always had really good songs, I felt. Very like, good. They, that was, they were always gangbusters. Like, they were rock stars. They took over the mantle from Crazy Taxi. I never really got into Crazy Taxi. That wasn't quite my quite my shtick. Um, Great soundtrack. But I also didn't have an, really an Xbox or a Dreamcast. So, um, but yeah, it was a it was a strong year. Pretty some a good mix of things. I think it was definitely a good mix of things. But <clears throat> so besides um, Warcraft Three and Tony Hawk's, did you, any others catch your? catch your eye that year. off that list uh silent hill 3 i mean a, mm-hmm. a great entry to the series kotor i mean is always going to be a fan favorite game uh ffx is i mean it's, ffx is a solid i mean solid series and i don't think they've done much better since and then beyond of course beyond good and evil and then we're still waiting for beyond good and evil 2 so yeah that's gonna be that's going to be interesting. I, apparently, they just recently said that it is still under development, but in what shape or um, how it will turn out. Because I know one of the... Did it stat- switch developers? No, I think like one of the directors just up and left like a year ago. They've had some a- issues. I mean, they show that really amazing trailer, and then it fell off the face of the earth, and we're still waiting to figure out. Like, I thought it got canceled. And as of one day ago, uh, no, five days ago, 15 years into development, it gets a new lead writer. As of five days ago, it is still alive and has gotten (laughs) a new lead writer. That's not a good sign if they're they're just getting a new lead writer uh, so long after. That is very bad. Uh, But Ubisoft, I think, is a sinking ship. I think Ubisoft is basically the Titanic right now. Let's see. The person who is writing it uh, is... Uh, it's a Sarah. Her name is Sarah. Sarah Arellano. Godspeed, Sarah. Yeah, good luck. Uh, prior to the move to Ubisoft, she was a narrative de- designer on Super Evil Megacore, uh, their 2015 MOBA Vainglory. Her LinkedIn uh, account indicates that she also served as a writer at Deep Silver Volition, 
Her Twitter account says she worked on the Saints Row reboot and is a narrative designer on World of Warcraft at Blizzard. Okie dokie then. And now she is going now to she be writing to... Beyond Good and Evil 2. And now she <laughs> has to pull that out of the hellfire of purgatory, or the, the pit of purgatory game development. Yeah, Godspeed, purgatory. Sarah. We salute you. But Pokemon, Gen 3, Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald. What you think about, like, were you a, like, diehard Pokemon fan at this point? Like, you were probably, yes. what, middle school, 7th grade, 8th grade at this point in 2003? Uh... 2003 let's see i graduated in 2008 so yeah middle school okay i would say um yeah i started playing pokemon in four ninety seven mm-hmm. was when i think uh red and blue came over to the u.s and i actually the first pokemon game i played was pokemon green in japanese uh which a friend in elementary school his dad had brought it uh back from japan and we had no idea what the fuck we were doing. And we just played Japanese Pokemon because it was the thing to do. And then Red and Blue came out and I begged my parents for it and I got it. So I probably had Red and Blue week two that it was released in the U.S. And I mean, I've played every po- literally every Pokemon game since. And I'm just, I mean, chomping at the bit for Scarlet and Violet information oh, every know. day. So that's And it looks so good. I'm... I'm I... I, it looks very good. I can't good. wait to cuddle my precious Fido. Okay. What do you think it's going to involve into? One of my friends came up with Puppernickel. Oh, I hope it doesn't turn into a bread. So it's already like a, it's like a bun, right? That's what it mm-hmm. is. It looks like it's a, like a bun. So it's got to evolve into some kind of other, I would think, sweeter dessert Pokemon. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to look at Japanese desserts and then at uh, at dog breeds, but maybe some kind of like Japanese cheesecake dog. Well, I, my friend came up with Puppernickel, which I thought was genius. I came up with Furcaccia. And then... That that follows a bread. Right. Um, but then you could have Bow Wow, uh, where it's spelled B-A-O, like a bow bun. Yeah. You could have uh, like a sourdough. Fido could evolve into sourdough. He could become a poison, a normal poison type or a poison fairy type. Yeah, but I feel like that there's not there's no dog pun in that. You need, I think you'd need to re- retain the dog pun or the animal yeah. pun to it. Like sourdough is literally just a bread, a type of bread. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it, it, it'll and maybe he'll be a three stage, Scott. Yeah, you never know. But I mean, yeah, I mean, Pokemon's been my, I mean, been oh, yeah. my thing from cards to games through from, like I said, seven years old up until mm-hmm. now. And, and the games keep getting better. And then, I mean, really kicked off with Legends uh, Arceus and it looks like it's going to continue in that vein with Scarlet and Violet. Yeah, I just hope that the online can actually support and do well with the co-op that it's trying that it it's touting i agree and i hope it doesn't leash people together i hope it lets you run all over the map in different directions mm-hmm. and then be able to catch up with each other if it had i think they announced uh, my, you can. my dreams like a teleport feature uh-huh so like your friends way on the other side of the map and find something cool you could teleport to them i think that would be a cool feature yeah but I hope it doesn't tether people together and make them stay within a certain radius of each other. 
I think they announced recently, or like with the last trailer that came out last week in that direct, or maybe the week before that, like you can go anywhere and then just like re meet up with each other. I think. Yeah, that's good then. But, but yeah, Gen 3 was the big jump from like Game Boy graphics to Game Boy Advance, like from like 8 8 bit to 16 bit. And it introduced things like EVs and IVs, which nowadays is. Like, that exploded, and that, like, the entire tournament scene was based around, ended up being based around that. You had double battles get introduced. It was, I guess, first and foremost, what did you think of Gen 3? So, my list is pretty extensive. Uh, Battle animations got a lot cooler. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were able to do stuff with that. Overworld weather became a thing. That was super cool. Uh, you were you you got something like HM Dive to expand the map mm-hmm. to be able to go down underneath and and get to different areas. I think this is what really kind of took Pokemon to the next level. I would say it, you're you're expanding your world, but then you're also expanding a story with uh, Team Aqua and Team Magma, mm-hmm. and it's just it was kind of cool to go from. I don't consider it a little game, but a much smaller game con- constrained to what the Game Boy and Game Boy Color could do at the time mm-hmm. to the Game Boy Advanced where you could add all this stuff. You could add, I mean, you change the shiny Pokemon, which were introduced in Gold and Silver, became cooler in Ruby and Sapphire because you got the, the larger color gamut. So I think it took the childhood experience of Pokemon and took it to that next level, kind of like what um, they did between the previous gens and legends Arceus and what they're going to do with Scarlet and Violet is that kind of transition to a new style of Pokemon or a new experience of Pokemon because they, the quality of life was improved. That's interesting because like out of all the uh, like generations, like I, absolutely adored gold and silver like gold and silver and heart gold soul silver remains to this day my favorite generation they're great games i honestly felt i was a bit let down by the third generation like it definitely was cool to have like the updated graphics and everything but i i was hoping we would be able to revisit the old uh the old regions like you could in gold and silver and crystal in terms of they tricked you with that it's <laughs> still perhaps one of the coolest things one of the coolest things pokemon has done it was yep. in gen 2 um but like with crystal you go back like the the attacks i thought looked a lot cooler and of course the the creature sprites were a lot more detailed but it then went backwards also because in crystal the sprites were at least slightly animated so it's like it, it was this weird thing where they upped the the visual quality, no doubt, and they did some cool stuff, like you said, with the EVs, IVs, with the, the, the weather cycles, with um, and just the overall graphics, but I think they also backtracked and removed a lot of the revolutionary things that, or the, the big expansions that Gen 2 introduced. So when I... The upgrades. Yeah, the upgrades. So when I went into Gen 3, I was like... This is kind of a letdown, and, I, and honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of the starters. What where do where does the Gen three starters rank for you in the hierarchy of Pokemon starters? Uh, oh man, trios. 
So if I'm going to go and I'm going to look at the Pokemon starters right now because, I mean, what, we're on Gen 8. So I like Gen 3. Well, okay, so I am a Torchic fan. Mm -hmm. I am a Blaziken fan. Swampert's a boss. I mean, I've got it. It's better than Gen 4s. It's better than Gen 5s. I would, I mean, I'm going to go in order. I would probably say it's the third best generation of starters. Interesting. I would still say Gen 1, you're not going to beat Gen 1 starters, I don't think. Gen 2 was a solid follow-up to Gen 1 starters. Mm -hmm. But I like the Gen the Gen 3 starters. I, I would say the only one that kind of breaks that is I would say Gen 8. I like the Gen 8 starters and Gen 7 starters better than 6 and 5 and 4. So yeah, I would say I'd go in order. Um, Gen one's best, Gen two second best, Gen three is third, mm -hmm. and then you would just you kind of mix it up after that. Yeah, it was. I was definitely a tor Torchic person. Um, yep, I definitely went Torchic and Blaziken because I thought, and that was their first real introduction to the firefighting final evolution, which they just kind of rode that train into the dirt. In subsequent, yeah, can't get rid of it. In subsequent generations. Um, but yeah, it's... But it looks like we're going to change it. It looks like we're going to change it this gen. Yeah, it, um... Here's hoping. I mean, it'll be exciting. I'm just... I'm excited to see what they what they end up being. I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, I have a... I have an idea of it. Ooh, what's your, uh... What's your prediction? So, I think you're going to get, uh... Sprigatito is going to be your Grass Dark. I think that Fui Coco is going to be your fire ghost. Uh, kind of going along that Legends Arceus where your uh, Typhlosion was fire ghost. And I think your Quaxley is going to be water fighting. Water fighting. Interesting. I, I, I think yep. he's going to turn into a, uh, a water duck butler. Like a, I think a he's going to turn into a water duck swashbuckler. Ooh, you're thinking, like, pirate. Interesting. Based on the pompadour turning into, like, a pirate hat. Hmm. That's, that could be interesting. I hope it changes because I really feel like his hat, or his hair looks like uh, Trump's hair. Uh, oh, get rid of it. Cut it off. But, uh, like, a pom like a pom like a hat? Like a pirate hat? That could be, that could be pretty yeah. sick. Like, the hair gets bigger, but it gets, like, a, like a rim around it. Mm -hmm. like with a little feather and he gets a cool sword or whatever make a feather sword that would be sweet that would be that would be pretty cool maybe float around like he's just always in a little ship like a little pirate boat <laughs> what are we turning him into a digimon now he gets his own boat hell yeah dude no if it was digimon he'd go from a duck into like a robot dinosaur into like a a refrigerator with guns attached i was gonna to say a a voluptuous lady um but speaking of voluptuous ladies uh gen three with the first waifu man in gardevoir yeah also the no i was gonna say they introduced it in um in crystal that you could be a, a female trainer but yeah gardevoir the the the, the uncomfortable feeling pokemon um <laughs> making children discover their desires since uh 2003 pokemon <laughs> making monster fuckers since 2003 right oh. but i think i think one of the things that i really liked is is was the story so mm -hmm. you had team magma and you got team aqua team magma was trying to dry out 
the Pokemon world to make more land. Team Aqua is trying to add water to it. And I think you had two of the better legendaries. I mean, Kyogre and Groudon are two of the better legendaries, Mm -hmm. I think, out of the entire bunch. But Gen 3 also started the horrible trend that I don't like of, holy shit, stop giving me so many legendary Pokemon. Mm -hmm. It just, because you've got the Regis and you have Jirachi and you've got Deoxys. And I just, it was, it's too much. I think... I liked two, two legendaries, three legendaries. When you're at five or six, I think it's enough. Yeah, it kind of detracts from the legendary when it just becomes like a creature type. It's just yeah. like, oh, it's just yep. a legendary. It, it detracts from it. And the progressing power creep of the legendaries, like, I, like Articuno, Moltres, Zapdos, those were pretty sweet because they were like, really cool elemental birds it's like yeah sure they didn't attach any necessarily granted in the game they did it in the the movie pokemon 2000 they were like the the law of three will must be cool otherwise the world will end whatever but and then i mean that was pretty cool they made sense mew was like oh all pokemon like came from mew which was later changed or something and then in gold and silver you had like now contains the dna of every pokemon or something yeah and then Gold and Silver introduced Lugia and Ho-Oh, and those were like, yeah, okay, like a sun and a moon kind of. It's like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll go with that. And doggos are cool. I, I liked how they approached legendaries. It's like, you'll find them in the wild. Um, and then in this one, you have Kyogre and uh, Grodon, these ancient Pokemon that have just like always done battle, and they're like opposing forces of like fire and water. It's like, cool. And then, like, three generations later, it's like, this is Pokemon God. And... Yeah, here's your your God now. And here's his 800 disciples. Yeah, and here's, like, the Pokemon that controls time and space and dimensions. It's like... And you're, like, a 10-year-old child uh, dealing with all this. How do I understand this? (laughs) I I don't think I had a concept of time and multi-dimensional reality and all that at 10. Did you bow to your pokey god? My pokey god. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you have Kyogre and Groudon, but you've also got Regirock, Regice, Registeel, Latias, Latios, Rayquaza, Jirachi, and four forms of Deoxys. Oh, that's and right. And I think that was just a little too unnecessary. I think they could have cut out the the Regis. I, they're unnecessary to me. If you're going to keep some, keep Rayquaza, keep Latios and Latias, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Then you have five. I don't need nine legendary Pokemon in one generation. And I get they did it to kind of extend, the, they add more to the post game to keep people playing. But to your to your point, just let people go back to the other regions and catch the older legendary Pokemon. Have me go find the birds. Have me go find the beasts. Don't add a bunch of garbage I don't want. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's just so much. And some of them, like, I think some of the Deoxys were locked behind different events. I know Jirachi was locked. Like, you needed a special yep. whistle or something to take you to somewhere. And it was, like, only released in Japan for a while. It was, it got way oh, too yeah, convoluted. Oh, yeah, the beginning of having to game shark your legendaries. No missing, no cheat in uh, Ruby and Sapphire. That's for sure. Yeah, that was a problem because, like you said, they'd only release the items in Japan. Mm-hmm. Or if they released it in the U.S., it's 
like at three Toys R Us's in the entire country mm-hmm. got it, and you, it, one was 9,000 miles away from you, and you weren't able to go. So that's kind of took away from the fun where you're trying to complete a Pokedex because, I mean, red and blue and gold and silver, I had 100% completion in the games. Mm-hmm. And then you come to this, you're trying to complete your Pokedex, and you never will because they're never going to release the item, so you won't complete it unless you cheat. Or you have friends in Japan or something. Yeah, and mail them your game and have them get you the pass and then mail it back. Yeah, because this was before even the wire, the, the infrared trader like thing that you could attach, because that came bundled in with Fire Red and Leaf Green, which came out after, I want to say. Yeah, it was after this. It did, yep. Um, so that was that was a thing. Ugh, back back in the day when you had to actually connect two, two controllers together, or two Game Boys together uh, via a cable. Um, one of the things that I did really enjoy and thought was inter- like an interesting angle that they took with, especially with your playable character, was that you were the child of an actual gym leader. I thought I think that's really cool. I would love to see them investigate or dive more into uh, maybe instead of be trying to become a Pokemon champion that really results in nothing but getting your Pokemon in the Hall of Fame. But, like, mm-hmm. give me a Pokemon game that lets me, like, strive to become an actual gym leader. Well, I like kind of like what Legends Arceus did, which try to unravel this mystery or try to complete... You're completing a Pokedex. You're discovering Pokemon. Mm-hmm. You're being a researcher. I think that was really cool. I think a game where you're the... Like, in, in this one where you were the child of a gym leader, give me a game where you're the child of a Pokemon professor Mm -hmm. and you need to go out and do research. I like the research aspect because at the end of the day, one of the best parts about, and I think the best part, uh, at least to me about Pokemon is finding all the Pokemon, catching all the Pokemon, Mm -hmm. keeping a living Dex. I mean, my Pokemon home is a mess right now because it's got Pokemon all the way back from like gold and silver that I was able Mm -hmm. to trade up through different means to get to now and now they're stored in Nintendo's cloud somewhere. Yeah. So I think that if you give me a game where the point is not to beat all these gym leaders and get all the badges and beat the Elite Four, but maybe that's one path you can take, which I think is what they're doing with Scarlet and Violet, is there's different paths you can take. So one path is the gym leader Elite Four path. Mm-hmm. Another path may be the investigation and collection path and the breeding path. I mean, shiny hunting. The breeding one of the best path. Things. You're a ten-year-old child. No, I think I, breed them. Breed the children. Breed all <laughs> the children. What do you mean you're not a ten-year-old biologist? Breed the Pokemon. <laughs> but I think that's one of the the best aspects of the game, and that's what it started as. I mean, Pokemon started as uh, like the dude collected bugs. That's what kids in Japan do. I, uh, so yeah, I think I mean, the game needs to go back to its roots of just like collection. Had they dropped, I think by Gen 3, they had dropped the uh, whole catchphrase for the series is gotta catch them all. Uh, I think that's still the TV's catchphrase. I don't think it is. I'm not sure Gen 3 had one. Because I think, and this might be an urban legend, I'm not entirely certain, but I feel like at one point I remember hearing that, like, I don't know if it was a parents group or something raised a stink that, like, the show was just like gotta catch them all when that's like the last thing ash does 
like he like legitimately just like releases his Pokemon to like fall in love. Yeah, shout goodbye, out, Butterfree. Shout out to one of the saddest episodes of all children's cartoons. Um, goodbye, Pidgeot. Yeah, it's like you're obviously not trying to catch them all. Um, no, so it still is. Gotta catch them all is still the English slogan of the Pokemon franchise. Oh, okay. Still of the entire franchise. Now, the slogan, it says the first pair of Pokemon games was released were labeled with the catchphrase below the logo. Mm-hmm. Their sequels in Gold and Silver and later Crystal had the catchphrase in the same position. Yellow was the only exception. It was then retired for all subsequent games. It appeared on pre-release box art for Ruby and Sapphire, which is it says indicates that it was initially intended to be kept, but was dropped sometime between 2003, uh, January 2003 and March. Despite the slogan being brought back after the re- release of X and Y, the phrase has not appeared on the box art akin to the earlier generations. So it's still the slogan of the series, but it's no longer on the game boxes. I feel like, so like, I don't know. I feel like that's a cop out. Like if it's not like featured prominently, I have a hard time saying it's like an actual slogan, but... It, uh, and especially now, since, like, they went on record saying, especially, uh, it was with, oh, what was the, uh, Sword and Shield, where it's like, yeah, we're just, like, not doing all the Pokemon anymore, because it's too hard to balance. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things it says. It says, when it was retired, it says it was possibly due to the large amount of Pokemon now required to capture to complete <laughs> the national decks. Mm-hmm. It says there were 386 at the time the slogan was retired. Uh, we're approaching nine. We'll, we'll be over 900 with this next gen. Yeah. So it's going to be, yeah. And then incompi- incompatibility between Gen 2 and Gen 3 games because they were on different systems. Uh, they say it could have also been taken out because uh, it was a target of the critics of the game and franchise. Basically saying gotta buy them all, making it more commercial because you couldn't get everything naturally through the game. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's nothing natural about competitive Pokemon because it's all about genetic engineering and it's all about breeding, Scott. It's you got to breed them all. It's all about genetic manipulation. Slap, gotta breed them all on the case yeah, and see buddy. what the parents freak out. Oh, I know. <laughs> they already they already thought like when the first games came out that there's like a monster worshiping cult and and everything. Ah, those those religious groups, man. Yeah, man, it is. Uh, it's 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 a it's Satanist. That's what it is. It's Pokemon developed by Hail Satan. Damn, that's Pokemon damn that, developed by. Damn that Satan for making Jigglypuff. All the fun stuff is apparently satanic. Dungeons and Dragons, uh, satanic. Yeah, super satanic. Pokemon, satanic. Yeah. Man, I wish it would have been a crazy world. Uh, had the Shin Megami Tensei games come out over here in the West before, like, earlier on, when it was literally dealing with heaven and hell and God fighting Satan and monsters being literally demons and angels. That's precisely the reason it didn't come out over here. I know, but it's still funny to think, like, how the marketing would do it. It's like, have a bunch of these, like... uh, church groups it's like oh it's this and that and then atlas or some whoever or whoever would end up publishing it over here and be like yep basically i'm for mature 
<laughs> It'd be uh, adult only. Yeah. Ah. Uh, in another, in a different multiverse created by whatever the god of dimension, Palkia was dimension, right? And Dialga was time. Uh, Dialga was time, and Palkia was space. Space, space and time. Space and time, and then uh, Arceus is the universe. He is God. Yeah, and the God Pokemon. Giratina is basically Pokemon Devil, right? Giratina and Darkrai. Uh, Darkrai like was Darkrai is like a, a nightmare, and Giratina is yeah from like the dark dimension or whatever. Okay. An interdimensional space slug. Yeah. Is what Giratina. It, it just got so weird. Just yeah. really weird. And now we're back to dogs that are like part sword and shield. Uh. uh yeah, but I it like looks em. like the. The new ones are going to be past and future. Yeah. So. So are they like Dialga's disciples? I think. Uh, I think the thing is going to be Pokemon from the past are are making their way into. I think one game. I think Scarlet is going to be bringing Pokemon from the past to now. And then Violet is going to, the other half is going to be bringing Pokemon from the future back in time to now. And it's, I think that's the concept of the two is old versus, like past versus future and technology versus like nature and stuff. So Mm -hmm. I don't know how they're going to work bringing Pokemon back and forth in time into it. Um, But that's kind of the rumors floating around is that that's what's going to happen. That could be cool. I hope like and now your legendaries turn into bicycles. So. Or they're all they were always bicycles. They were always bicycles. That don't, they were you were born that, a bicycle. That don't use the wheels. Okay, the one uses the wheels, right. the other does not. The future one He chooses to run. <laughs> the past one, they're not actually wheels, they're just uh growths. Um cancerous growth. Large tumors. Yeah. Um with poke I'm I'm curious with with the remakes, this got the Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire treatment. What generation do you usually consider the remakes? Do you consider them to be the generations that they kind of launch alongside or part of the generation that the remakes are based off of? I, I'd consider them part of the original generation yeah. that the games initially came out in. Uh, just just offshoots in in talking about them i mean omega ruby and alpha sapphire were great games mm-hmm. just like heart gold and soul silver were great games not a super fan of the and this also started to throw an orb at your pokemon to make something happen and uh, making the primal forms of groudon and the primal forms of kyogre which to me didn't make sense because aren't they primal to begin with they're like legendary old legendary beginning of time pokemon aren't they well wasn't the primal orbs they were supposed to just like reawaken their like original power kind of thing they're like primal spirit it made them turn all super saiyan yeah it's like oh yeah it's like made them young again (laughs) they're viagra the primal orbs are basically pokemon viagra that's what we've established it gave them training from Guy Sensei and reinvigorated their youth. Lee, <laughs> the the spring of youthfulness. The spring of your youth. You're in your th- the throes <laughs> of youth. Ah, uh, man. So with, like we said a bit, you mentioned earlier about the story. The every Pokemon game comes with a rival 
Um, what did you think about Mr. Green-Haired Wally with his uh, Gardevoir and his Ralts and everything that he catches in the tutorial? How does he um, stack up as a rival? I'm going to tell you, if you look at the art for Wally, uh, Wally looks like a bitch. That's what he looks like. <laughs> like, you look so cool. And then Wally's got this long blue jacket and these long baggy pants and his green hair. I think this kind of started the, and I, maybe the nicer rival, like the your rival mm-hmm. wasn't a complete dick. Right? Because, yeah. I mean, Gary was a dick. And then your Gen 2 rival, I mean, look at him. He's a dick. Him That's and true. his crowbat. Fuck but, that crowbat. Yeah, Wally. Wally's just kind of like he's just a kid, man. He's just a kid who becomes your rival, and then now like your rival's not even really your rival anymore. He's just your your friend. Yeah. Was it? With a brother who's a professional soccer player or something. Um, sure. Yeah. Who's got huge Pokemon? He wasn't imposing. Like this is another instance where I feel Gen Three takes a step back from the previous gens, like. Gen 1, and then you had Gary, which I think a lot of the imposing nature of Gary came from how he was portrayed in the anime, which was released kind of alongside. Then you had Silver, who was like, may or may not be the illegitimate child of the mafia um, Giovanni (laughs) guy. And he just, like, always looks angry, and he just, like, commits a felony robbery at the beginning of the game. <laughs> yeah. <it's> a- <laughs> and then you have Wall or Wally in gen three where it's like, I don't know how to catch a Pokemon. How do you do it? I'm going to, Oh, there's this single Ralts that spawns in this area that he shouldn't be. I I'm convinced the Waltz that Wally actually catches is actually someone was like set up. El- was someone else's <laughs> Ralts that just like escaped stumbled out and into the and he's like this is mine now yeah somewhere in the hoenn region is like a family desperately looking like putting up posters uh for a missing ralts uh with like a five thousand poke dollar reward or something and it's just wally's pokemon that he happened to stumble upon when he was learning how to catch a catch a pokemon. yeah i'm trying to find his his final team and I do you not really battle Wally like very much at all? You battle a, f- a few times. Uh, let me good old. I'm trying Bulbapedia. to find his teams, and I can't. I'm on Bulbapedia, and they just like they don't show. It basically just shows his Ralts over and uh, over. Again. You, yeah, yeah. You just you click the show button, so he gets um, a. Uh, Altaria, Altalcati, Rosalia, Gardevoir, Magneton. His team is trash. His team is straight trash. Okay, that's second battle. Um, but that's it. it. Just says second battle and rematches. Yeah, so I guess maybe he just like keeps leveling up. Um, so yeah, on Victory Road, it's Altaria, Delcati, Rosalia, uh, Magneton, and Gardevoir. Yeah, so his team is garbage. He sucks. Yeah, Wally's a he, Wally's a terrible rival. Yeah. Not impressed. Okay, third battle, fourth battle, and onwards. 
Okay, so this is uh, battle. Yeah, that's super it. Super battle mission, first battle. I, I don't know. So on Cerebi, mm-hmm. it says Wally fights with his Ralts. Battle. Your that's your first battle with him at Mauville City. Your second battle with Wally is Victory Road. <laughs> that might have been in the like, the original because they have a separate listing for um, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. And they have first battle, second battle, third battle, fourth battle onwards. Um, I I don't remember Battle Mason. I don't I, I don't, I don't know, know what, what a is. super oh it's a battle house I guess that was introduced in uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire by that is led by Battle Chatelaines. Yeah, I don't like that's a weird. Uh, I don't want to talk about that. yeah okay so the third and fourth battle onwards is just like an omega ruby alpha sapphire exclusive so you only battle wally in the beginning and then in victory road yeah i don't think i don't think rivals really got imposing again or more like challenging i mean n from black and white was decently challenging hue from black two and white two was decent I mean, you don't really get a, like a a rival rival that's kind of good until you get to Sun and Moon with Gladion, I think. Uh, yeah. Like, Fun fact: and... Gladion in the American dub is voiced by my friend from college, Eddie Lee, who also stars in Hamilton on Broadway, and he also was mm-hmm. a ninja guy in uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Wait, was he in the original Hamilton? Uh, no. Oh, okay. He wasn't, like, kicking it with Lin-Manuel Miranda. No. Like, he's... That's disappointing. He's, like, currently in Broadway. Like, he's been... He's, he's doing it now. Who's he play? Um, he's been Hamilton a couple times. He's But he's been in the rotation or something for the past couple of years, I know. That's cool. Yeah. Good guy. Really good guy. I have fond memories of him coming over to my college apartment and we beat fun uh we beat dante's inferno on the hardest difficulty for him great game he was kind of a uh he 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 was he might still be i don't know um quite the achievement hunter so he played games into the ground and yeah and he helped me try and work out one a few times while i was in college and he made me throw up i'm guessing that didn't work out (laughs) (laughs) no my uh my waist says otherwise but no (laughs) Uh, but no, great, great guy. But yeah, he did the voice of Gladion in the American dub. So there you go. Sweet. Great character. Yeah. Gladion. Very brood. Went yep. back to the brooding rival. Yep. And now we just have, I think, uh, Beatty and Marnie did pretty good jobs in Sword and Shield. Beatty and Marnie did a good job. Um, in, in Sword and Shield, the expansions, uh, Avery, I hate Avery. Oh my God. That was an annoying character. He looks like a Batman villain. He looks like the human embodiment of, like, um, if you wrapped Alakazam in a pride flag, um, that's what he is. And he just kind of just is floating Pokeballs in yep. his top hat. I don't like I don't like it at all. Yeah, that's... Uh, I never played the expansions to Sword and Shield. They're very good. Okay, so that's one where Pokemon, I was really hoping they didn't do like here's all your paid dlc that you've got to buy to mm-hmm. to catch them all right you got to catch them all you got to pay more 
and you did have to pay for the dlc but the dlc was really good mm-hmm. and i'm hoping that because they've got like the um expansion pass for nintendo online now yeah i'm hoping that main that nintendo core games like nintendo published games dlc for those are included with the expansion pass because that's how it worked for animal crossing Mm -hmm. and i think uh uh, one of the mario games uh, mario kart the the track pass comes with the online expansion pass i'm hoping they do the same thing for pokemon uh, because you know that Scarlet and Violet's going to have expansions. Yeah. It's, ugh, man, I know we like the episode's like technically Gen 3, but it, it it's wild to me that we we got Arceus in January and then we're getting Scarlet and Violet in like November. Yeah, get me back on a week after Scarlet and Violet come out after I've beaten them. <laughs> we could do like two hours on Scarlet and Violet. We'll do some co-op. Yeah, who, we'll, do a, we'll do a stream. We'll try out the uh, co-op. We'll bring back time hops yeah. for one episode to uh, to play co-op with for Pokemon. But who were your favorite Gen 3 Pokemon? I'm trying to remember all the Gen 3 Pokemon. I have... I've got four. Yeah, go ahead. I've I'm going to look up all the lists of Gen 3. All right. Two because they're cool and two because they're ridiculous. Yep. Okay. Uh, Zangoose. Love yep. me some Zangoose. Uh, great shiny, too. Goes from pink to blue. Um, in the eternal struggle between him and Seviper, uh, Zangoose is a great Pokemon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Manectric. That electric dog is one of my favorite Pokemon of all time. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, he has a Mega now. Not a huge fan of Mega Evolutions, but I like Manectric. Great Pokemon. Two for being extremely ridiculous. Ludicolo. Yep. It is a dancing pineapple. Uh, one of the best cam, one of the best Pokemon appearances in the Detective Pikachu movie. Um, I just great all around Pokemon. You would never guess that a tadpole with a lily pad on its head would turn into a dancing pineapple. And uh, uh, for the most ridiculous, give me some Whale Lord, who is basically a floating skyscraper um, that uses body slam and happens to not kill everything in the surrounding area. Um, so I think those were my four. I mean, mm-hmm. honorable mentions are going to be like Altaria and the Aaron line. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the pseudo legendaries to me, like uh, Salamance is eh, he's okay. His wings are weird, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, my four are going to be Zangoose, Manectric, Whale Lord, and Ludicolo. Um, so looking at all the list of the ones that came in Gen Three, I think Mighty Anna, I think the Poochyanna, the Mighty Anna line were pretty cool. Yep, um, very good. I thought that was really nifty. I liked, um, I don't know, slacking. I thought was fun because he's just like a big angry Snorlax. Um, lazy, yep, super lazy. Yep, Makuhita. I thought he was just kind of jolly. Um, let's see, what else? Sir? Flygon. Flygon was kind of cool because he had like the goggles. I thought he yeah, was kind Flygon... of kind of baller because he was in sand. That's why he was in the desert. Yeah. He couldn't get sand in his eyes. Um, also may be the main character in a Digimon game. You never know because of the, the goggles. <laughs> and you got Sharpedo. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, I really like Rayquaza's design. I like kind of the, uh, Asian inspired dragon angle they went with it. And I, th- you like him cause he looks like Shenron. Yeah, that too. Um, and, that, and, and I think he has every... one of the coolest mega evolutions. Which is, he does. Which is a fucking mechanic I, I want to come back. I don't... Ugh. 
see <sighs> I just I don't know it, it makes them too I get it I get that they needed a uh, a a trick they needed kind of like a little catch in the game and they did megas but the the limited use of the mega I think is what got me and then as soon as you mega evolve it's like it's just OP and it just blows everything up but I'm I'm cool with that. Like I would so rather prefer the Pokemon Company instead of every new game they just drop the previous like cool mechanic or interesting the mechanic they introduce and just refine it and make it better. Like Mega Evolutions could be could have been really cool if they spent like the future four generations now or whatever like refining it, making every Pokemon have a Mega Evolution or or something. It's like. I thought Z-moves were stupid. Like, let's do a dance and then suddenly my Pikachu can, like, become Thor or something. I think the... The... No, what was the one from Sword and Shield where they just turned... It was Gigantamax. Yep, the Gigantamax Pokemon. Don't do that. Just do Mega Evolutions. I, I... If you had to do something, I guess... I mean, Gigantamax was kind of also dumb because you had to have mm-hmm. a whole team of people to take them down, and, and it's not really super usable. I think going forward, just drop the drop the weird stuff. Yeah. Like you don't need a tr- like this terrestrializing that they're doing in Scarlet. Yeah, like what? Ter- I feel bad why? for Eevees that have just a giant like fucking rock of like diamond on their head now. It's, it's a ring pop. Yeah. He's got a ring pop on his head, and. I just okay so the next game eventually they're going to have to reboot the pokemon frame like pokemon as a whole you're not going to end up with 1800 pokemon when you reboot it get rid of the gimmicks do gen 1 all the gen 1 pokemon retype and redesign them all see, I don't, they all get retyped see i don't know if i necessarily want that like i don't i can okay actually this is a good segue what would be your like perfect if you could design a pokemon freak called you up and like hey greg sit down grab yourself a drink we have a proposition you have unlimited money and you can make whatever kind of pokemon game you want like what would be your perfect pokemon game all right it's going to start with a new gen i need at least a hundred new pokemon that are designed in the style of gen one and gen two I don't need a Rotom that turns into a refrigerator. I don't need a Pokemon that's a pile of garbage. I need good designed Pokemon. So I'm rehiring the original team. And they're designing me 100 new Pokemon in the style of Gen 1 and Mm -hmm. Gen 2. Then you are going to let me play. You're going to let me do my thing. So collecting Pokemon and doing gym battles and everything. You're not giving me Mega Evolution. You're not giving me Gigantamax. You're not giving me anything. Post-game, I can go back a city. I can play... I can go back a a region. Then I beat all those gyms in that Elite Four and collect Pokemon. I can go back all the way to Gen 1. Mm -hmm. Just like you said, you could do in in the second Gen games, you could go back to Gen 1. I want this next... I would want a generation where you can then go back to the previous generation and catch those Pokemon and battle those without the gimmicky stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. Nice. So I might have said this on the, the Gen 1 or 2 episode. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but my po- my premier Pokemon game would be 
no new Pokemon. Be like, we're not adding anything. We're expanding. So basically, at the start of the game, you pick what region you start in. Okay. And from there, you play through. You can do your the eight gym leaders, elite four, what have you. And then after you do that, you can make a choice. It's like, okay, do you want to start over or go to another region and try and become the champion of that region? At which point you either can deposit and kind of start fresh with a brand new starter or take your existing team and it would crank up the difficulty and like levels of all the other gym trainers. Level scaling. Yeah, level scaling. And then you can just like basically do a globetrotting Pokemon adventure. Yeah, so kind of similar, yeah. kind of similar thing. My big but thing I think is that's like what being. What you need to do is incorporate yeah. everything. Yeah, like the the second season of Pokemon said, we gotta live in a Pokemon world. We gotta we gotta for, forego this whole region bullshit. Make, we all live in a Pokemon world. Exactly. Pokemon. Exactly. We. I wanna be the greatest master of them all. Exactly. I the. The second intro to Pokemon is my ideal Pokemon game. Where you can travel around, you can fuck add in the the Orange Islands, the filler the filler region. Why not? Give me some Tracy. Give me some Tracy. Let's go. And you know what? Bring back uh the the photo guy, the photo kid. Todd. Todd. Todd? Todd? Bring Todd back. Yeah. And like kind of like how you could fight Red in as like your super boss in pokemon the second gen give me like all the trainers like have them be like older like they were in like uh sun and moon i think yeah because it was the um yeah which we'll call it the the hawaiian or the tropical theme make them older let me just fight them in all the various regions or give me grandpa brock yeah and i agree i would do that I think I love the, what they're doing with the different regional variants. I'm glad they've stuck with that. I think that's a super cool idea. Um, and just expand on that. But Yeah, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. If you if you gave me a reboot where it's like Gen 1 Pokemon, but they're in a different region, so all of their typings are different mm-hmm. and they look different. Like, I like the new Wooper. The new Wooper looks great. I like the changes they've made to Pokemon to make them regionally appropriate. Mm-hmm. So do that. Give me yeah. more of those. I, I would do a whole game where you just gave me all regional variants of old Pokemon. 100%. 100%. I'm kind of done. Like, And I think their creativity has kind of taken a, a slide. It's like, don't worry about reinventing the wheel or coming up with 100 new Pokemon of various like household objects. Just yeah. expand on the regional variants of things do that just start doing that in every new game if you're gonna get new pokemon bring the original team back because the team that's doing it now i mean there's been uh some very Mm -hmm. heavy missteps yeah i would i i agree with that i think this third gen was where it started to show that they didn't have quite the same magic um it definitely wasn't as bad of a new lineup as future some of the future generations. Um, but, like, Wingle and Pelipper, they didn't do much yeah. for me. Like, Lunatone and Solrock, they're just sun and moon as rock people, rock things. Um, Love Disc is just a heart-shaped fish. Like, I, I, I feel like 
in Gen 3, you started noticing that they were kind of scraping a bottom of a barrel with some of their decisions. Not all of yeah, them. Yeah, like, I'm not a big fan of Plusle and Minin. Yeah. It's like, okay, one has pluses on his cheek and is red, and one is has negative, and it's blue. Oh. Spinda, let's make a drunk bear rabbit? Yeah, drunk Peek. What if Pikachu was drunk? <laughs> what if he's, like, super fucking hammered? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like people just getting hammered and then coming up with new Pokemon. Um, like, I think the Lotad and the Ludicolo line, I think that was pretty creative. Like, the Shift Tree, the Nuzleaf, and Dot, I think those were good. It bugged me that the bird line, Talo, was only a two-step evolution in this game. I, I always yep. love the three-stage bird uh, line in all the new games. I'm always curious what that's going to be. But, like, Talo and Wingull, they're both only two... Two, two versions. There's only one evolution for that. And like, we also had a lot of standalone Pokemon. Yeah. You had Absol was a standalone. You had Chimecho was a standalone. Tropius was a standalone. Yeah. And it's like Relicanth. Yeah. I mean, there was just a lot. I think Aaron was pretty cool. Aaron and that line, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought like, but you had like nose pass. It's like, what if this rock thing just has a nose? Like they, they, they had to stick, and it's like it's a compass. It's... He is. He's a compass. Oh, interesting. And then he ends up evolving way later on. And it's, um, like, Spoink. <laughs> Spoink's okay. I Gulpin, I could do without mm-hmm. Gulpin and Swalot. Yeah. I mean, there were some not great, like, uh, Volbeat and Illumis. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're sassy bugs. Great. I, I see what you're saying by some of the, the some of the designs started to get lazy yes. in this gen. Uh Gen 4 you you really lost me on yeah. some of them. But uh Gen th- which is why you asked me, do you want to do Gen 3 or Gen 4? I'm like, let's mm-hmm. do Gen 3 because Gen 4 I might just get irrationally angry for the entire <laughs> thing. And I don't want to I want to mm-hmm. let's do happy Pokémon memories because I had happy memories of going from the Game Boy and Game Boy Color to the Game Boy Advance. And just being able to take in that much more of a graphical difference. And yeah. give me more content because you've mm-hmm. got more memory. Yeah. So, I think that, that was the, the happy the happy time for me for Gen 3. Yeah. it. Um, it I think it was a decisive turning point. Because at this point, I was in high school. So, it was like, I, I've stayed up to date. But I wouldn't say I dove as head first into gen 3 as i did one and two um, yeah well how head first do you dive in now when new stuff comes out honestly at this point it depends on what else is coming out around that time okay um this is the first so scarlet and violet's the first one where uh julie watched the trailer my mm-hmm. wife and she said yeah you're getting me that yeah so she looked at it and she's like, I need that. Like Legends Arceus, I think she'll, I've got it. So she's got her own Switch. She can uh-huh. play it. And I think she'd like it. But this is the first one where she says, this is what Pokemon should have been when they had the ability to start doing it. And I think they had the ability to start doing open world Pokemon on the Wii. I mean, we had semi-large Pokemon games on the game. We had Xenoblade on the Wii and that's fucking massive. And yeah, so they could have done it with Pokemon. They yeah. were just lazy. And, and I think, but Nintendo is such a slow to turn and kind of modernize. They are, they are, Metroid. they are stubborn. 
Nintendo yep. is super stubborn and well they know what sells. Right, and they have the freedom to be because regardless like people will gripe it's like when will this happen? When will this happen? But every time a new Pokemon game comes out, it's going to sell gangbusters, it's going to sell systems. Every time a new Metroid comes, regardless of what happens, it's going to sell systems, it's going to sell copies. Mario, etc., yep. etc. So they can take things at whatever pace they fucking want to and and know it will they'll just rake the cash in yeah and especially like with the wii and the switch that just continues to print money this scarlet and violet is the pokemon game that i feel everyone in our generation or that has that grew up on pokemon always dreamed of having and absolutely my investment in scarlet and violet i think will really depend on how well they pull it off um i i'm not expecting it to run gorgeously i'm expecting maybe a fluctuate between a 20 30 frame rate that doesn't bother me as much i i didn't care about tree gate or whatever with sword and shield i think it Looks, yeah, plus this last trailer makes it look a lot better. Yeah, I think style I, I I think they've nailed the stylistic, the aesthetic with the new games. My big thing is I just I have zero absolutely zero faith in Nintendo's online infrastructure and what they're promising. Still? Oh yeah, still. I I I just don't trust it. And and it's for if they can pull off the in like the online and the co-op aspect i could see this being one of the only games that could actually could legitimately give elden ring a run for its money as game of the year if they can pull off that four-player co-op and letting people run around and explore like this whole pokemon world and stuff or the pokemon region it will be fantastic it'll be a magical experience i'll i'll agree and the they kind of screwed the open world thing with Arceus because you have a hub that you can travel from to your different quote-unquote mm-hmm. open world areas. But in this one where they're saying, no, it's truly open world. You can do anything in any order. You can face the gyms in any order. They did just confirm that it's not going to be level scaling. So if you go to the wrong gym, it's still going to be like level 60 Pokemon that you're facing with your level 10. So you'll know not to go there. But... If they can do it and they truly transition Pokemon into an open world setting, they mm-hmm. can't go back yeah. from that. Once it happens, you can't go back. So they've got I, really, I think they, really a chance to make something special. With the invention of Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, I think they gave themselves an out where they could. Like they could make that its own sub series. Like I think so, but you could you you would have at that point a campy offshoot. You would not have a, a core next gen. You would not have a core no, generation. I, I don't think it. In that vein. I don't think like a let's go Totodile or a let's go whatever would be touted as a next like a, no. a mainline. It would be I think, and even Pikachu and Eevee was kind of like this. It was much more of a a good introductory title. It's good for kids. It's for the po- children. Exactly and pokemon it's for the kids like wu-tang clan (laughs) (laughs) there you go see um but i could see that being a thing like i could see them relying on that as being their more of an introductory point for the series money maker right and fucking people will buy it anything i played let's go 
and they were fun. Yeah, Pika- Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee was much better than I thought it was going to be when it uh, when it was first announced. It's like, especially when they said that you don't actually battle uh, wild Pokemon. Yep. I was like, this is stupid. And then I played. I was like, okay, this isn't quite as stupid. It's kind of fun. It's got its charm. But it's Pokemon Go for your Switch. Yeah, but give me from now on. Give me no new regions. Do like open world of all the other gens. Okay. Uh, of yeah, all the I'll other regions. I'm, yeah, give me open open world like Diamond and Pearl and open world black and white. Johto and Kanto. Like, that would be a great follow-up to this. Like, being able to legitimately... Like, going from one region to the other. Imagine. Imagine that's part of this game. Oh. Because part of it's traveling to the past. Imagine they let you travel to, like, Kanto and go face red. Man. If only... If only we don't know, we it's don't. Not out we yet. don't know, and I, I, I appreciate that this turned into very much just like a general Pokemon episode. I have to say, <laughs> it has to. It, it has to. It does. It's. It. I don't have tons to say about Gen three. One thing I do want to kind of get your your thoughts on with Gen three. How does we talked about the starters with these rank? What about yep. the gym leaders? None of them are very memorable to me, except your dad, Norman. I, I would agree. Um, let me pull up the gym leader list again. You That's have how not memorable they are. You've got Roxanne. Rust City's gym leader, Roxanne, who was Rock. Brawly. Shocker. The not Dragon Ball Z enemy, who's the fighting not type. Not Brawly. Brawly. Brawly, because he brawls you. Yeah, with his fighting types. You have Watson and the Electric, because Watson. Clever, clever. Puns. Watson. Uh, Flannery, with her fire slugs and Torkoal. Um, you have your gym leader, Norman, your dad, um, with his normal types. You have Winona Ryder with her, uh, in Fortree City with her flying types. You yep. have Moss Deep City with gym leader Tate and Lisa, or Tate and Lisa. That's Tate and Lisa, yeah. Which the, I, the double battle. I will say that was kind of cool, having a double battle with a gym. Yep. I thought that yep. was pretty cool. Um, and also the double battle way too underutilized for this game like it introduced it and it was a cool feature and i liked it uh-huh. way underutilized yes um and then, then you had wallace whose gym was a pain in the ass yeah um because he had the ice type gym where the floor fell out on you yeah but he only used a single ice type he was well, he was water gym play. was technically water type yeah he was a water type gym leader but yeah yeah you had the ice. Like you said, no one no one sticks out that's like, yeah, that was a great gym leader. Yeah. I mean your your most memorable is gonna probably be Wallace because the gyms like sucked. I maybe Watson. Watson was funny in the anime. He's like an old dude. Yeah. But other than that, I mean like like you said, pretty pretty forgettable gyms in Gen three. Yeah. And I think that's mostly because of, like, the Pokemon that were used. I mean, when you got to Flannery, she used two Slugmas and a Torkoal. I mean, Norman, your dad, used two Slackings. Which is completely unfair, because Slacking is a tank Pokemon. So, so much life. Yeah. Yeah, and then you've got, I mean, your your double battle is literally just a Solrock and a Lunatone, mm-hmm. and that's it. So, I think that's probably wise, because, like, the, the gyms... You remember gyms that were really challenging, that took a lot to beat. Mm-hmm. These were either really frustrating or just stupid easy. 
Yeah. Well, so I think it was more about getting to the gym. Like when you go into Fortress City, when you can finally get to places. And it's just about getting to the cities and getting to the gyms mm-hmm. and maybe immersing yourself in the story a bit more with not having to worry about grinding out levels to beat the gym leaders, which makes the gym leaders more forgettable. Right. I mean, I will always remember, like, Gen 2, Whitney's Mill Tank, who's, like, yep. a beast and will destroy you at the drop of a hat. You just use roll out once and then you're yeah. dead. Um, in all the, in, and for me, it's, I'm sure there are people that view the Gen 3 gyms as fondly as I view Gen 1 or Gen 2s. Because at this point, I was getting a little older. I wasn't as invested into the Pokemon series as I was with the previous gens. But, yeah, it's I just... Like, this did a lot of cool things. Gen 3 did a lot of cool things. But, overall, it is towards the bottom of my list of favorite gens. Um, I'm pretty sure I could probably name you a gym leader from, like, every other generation besides 3. Mm-hmm. I mean... Gen 4, you've got uh, Crasher Wake. He's like the wrestler dude. Yeah. Uh, Gen 5, you've got the brothers, you the cooking dudes, the cooking brothers. You've also got uh, Elisa, mm-hmm. the electric chick who wears like the headphones. Oh, man. Gen 6 was X and Y. Gen 6, you've got... Who's a popular one from Gen 6? Um, uh, Anna Stare, Anna Star was that his name? The psychic dude. I don't remember. I, a I psychic one, and then there was a an ice one. Wolfric. Wolfric, I remember him. He was the last one, and he was kind of like dresses like a sea captain or something, right? He had like a uh, he had like a jacket draped around his neck or something. Yeah, because he was cold, but he didn't want to wear his jacket. Yeah, I think yep. that's what it was. Yep. Yeah, Just an too old cool to wear your jacket, but not but not cool enough to have one. <laughs> uh, good times. So, like, that's the thing with Pokemon games. Like, you might not have ones that like really spoke to you, or you might have issues with, but they're still still good games. Like, yeah, they can't deny. It. I mean, Nintendo yeah. has a has a kind of uh, a recipe they follow mm-hmm. with the Pokemon games because it works. And it will get people to buy it, in, buy into it, and play it. And I don't think anyone leaves it going, "Wow, this game was absolutely terrible." They leave on a, "This game was." I think they're always either good to to excellent, and I don't think there's yeah. anything below good. I don't think I've left a core Pokemon game saying, "Wow, that game was really mediocre." Yeah. So. There will always be. There will probably be things like, "Man, it didn't do. It didn't really nail this." Or, "I wish it, this had been in it instead." But there, I wouldn't say there's a Pokemon game not worth playing. Um, and enjoy. I would agree. But yep. the only ones that enjoy and have thoughts about Pokemon Gen 3, so we are going to go around the web. First off, we have user SandyClaws9317 from Reddit. They say, catching the first chance I stumbled upon in Safari Zone and finding out it had the lucky egg on it. This was on emulator, and then my brother somehow managed to corrupt my save, so I had to start over. 
found the second Lucky Ed after 55 chances. Then, I found a shiny Mewtwo on the second soft reset completely by accident. I was resetting because my main anchor, Dragonite, died. Oh, Dragonite. What a... Are you playing like Nuzlocke? If your Pokemon are dead, they're dead? You have to like get rid of them when they die? No, I'm, I'm guessing that like they passed out and they like that was their main like battling Pokemon oh, or Oh, because he died so you, you have no way everything else is just going to destroy Mewtwo and you won't be able to catch it or... Yeah, that that's the that's the gist I'm getting. But that that that's rough about the the brother corrupting your save. See, that's like save states. Save states will won't won't fail you. Um, but yeah, glad you were able to find that that lucky egg chancy again. So and that shiny Mewtwo. So GG. Uh, Want to take the next one? Yeah, sure. Uh, Zarex from Reddit says I could probably go on all day about this since Sapphire was the first game I played, and Emerald is still to this day my favorite Pokemon game. I was probably 8 when I played Sapphire and was 9 when Emerald came out. Getting Surf and finally realizing where to go with it, getting into the Fortree side of the map and exploring around the whole rainforest stormy area, that part of the map is peak Hoenn to me. When my friend told me about Sky Pillar and Sapphire and we went there in our games to get Rayquaza, was so cool finding out that there's super strong cool legendary just hiding away that the game never tells you about. Sleeping over at my friends while we both attempted the Pokemon League, I remember he beat it for the first time while I was there. Great memories of grinding the Battle Frontier in Emerald. Unfortunate that that never came back. Using the Emerald Strategy Guide to read the Braille and catch all the Regis. Honorable mention to Leaf Green. I brought my uh, in my Salamance, and it was the first Pokemon I ever got to level 100. I remember grinding all the levels in the Kindling Road uh, one island since there was the hot spring healing spot there. Eventually, I missed with my action replay on Leaf Green and corrupted my game super bad. Rip to my original level 100 Salamance. That sucks. See, cheaters, cheating never wins. <laughs> it corrupts your game and makes you lose your original Pokemon. I, I don't know, dude. It crushes your emulation. I'm missing note the shit out of my Pokemon Red and Blue. <laughs> And that though that wasn't now that, that was that was game glitch that was still cheating. It was it though. It was an in-game glitch. You didn't have to use anything external to do that. Yeah, a glitch is using taking advantage of an exploit or a glitch is still cheating though. Then maybe QA your games better. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. It, maybe I shouldn't have cheesed bosses <laughs> off the ledge in Elden Ring, but the game let me do it, Scott. Well, that's that's not taking advantage of like an exploit though. That's just stupid I AI. I don't think Miss Missingno was not an exploit. Missingno was broken code. That's what it was. It was a glitch, yeah. But so, um, the only issue I ever had of losing progress in Pokemon was with Gen One, and it was when someone stole my red copy from my book bag in elementary school, and it returned it like a week and a half later with all my Pokemon gone, and they had restarted. I was so mad, because I had... At least I gave it back to you. Yeah. I lost my blue version. I had uh, completed the Pokedex, and then lost the game. Did your red and blue, or especially your blue version, did the label start turning, like, bright blue, or bright pink? Uh, it started fading, and then completely, like, I know my brother had red, and it would fade to the point where it was just like a white label. Yeah. Because like, you keep putting it in and out of the Game mm -hmm. Boy or taking it in and out of your pocket. 
and just it, they were really bad labels. Yeah, my my red faded, my blue turned bright pink. It's really weird. Nice. Um, but yeah. So next up, we have user Wolfenbro from Reddit. They say obligatory too much water comment. Seriously though, yes. I love Gen three. It's my favorite gen for starters. I genuinely love all three and struggle who to pick on a new playthrough. I really enjoyed the Trickmaster House and liked the concept of getting to go back for a new challenge after each gym and the trainers getting stronger. The first time doing contests and secret bases was neat too. Nice touches to add to the series. From user Kevfer on Reddit. Uh, so many fond memories back when the game came out. I remember being in a Catholic elementary school and sneaking my Game Boy Advance into the school playground. My friends would all huddle together and trade and battle each other while we had one friend be the lookout and warn us if a teacher was coming. Also, while playing Ruby, I remember discovering the cave filled with high-level Pokemon. I explored deep in the cave, and then I ran into this creature just standing there only to find out it was Rayquaza. I was so shocked and couldn't wait to show my friends what I had discovered. I miss those days. Yeah, getting uh, almost getting in trouble. I did the same thing with Pokemon cards in elementary school. Yeah, our po- Pokemon cards were, I think, banned at our school, but I don't think they ever went as far as banning the games. No, we'd play Pokemon cards during lunch, and then they became too distracting, and they ended up banning them. I think what they did ban Warheads, though, the Warheads candy, because that, in essence, turned into, like, an underground currency at my elementary school. Like, people would just <laughs> yes. trade and deal in... I remember Black Cherry that was, like, super rare around here or whatever. Or at least at my school, it was viewed as super rare. It was the rare. sourest one, and they gave you the fewest amount of them in a pack. Yeah. So those that had a high recess uh, playground value. High street value? High street value <laughs> was the Black Cherry Warhead <laughs> back in elementary school. Yeah. Did you know they have Warhead Soda now? Or Warhead Pop? Based I've on the other uh, flavors. Yeah, we have it at the bushes, like the grocery store near us it's like not too bad i think it would be a good mixer i'll check it out yeah definitely next up we have user mr n from reddit they say for all its faults hoen's layout and a large chunk of the map being water enabled a level of exploration that hadn't really been seen in pokemon up to that point between the dive areas the sea current puzzles surfing getting a considerable speed up compared to gens 1 and 2 the running shoes secret bases and the different bikes you could get, it was really the first time for me that simply traversing through the overworld was fun to do in and of itself. And to this day, I still think that Emerald has a top three post game because of the Battle Frontier. The introduction of nature's abilities, the modern EV IV system, which is mostly carried over into the modern games, and the introduction of double battles is also something to appreciate from a competitive standpoint. Aside from maybe the physical special split in Gen 4, I can't think of another instance where the core mechanics of multiplayer battles were overhauled as much as Gen 3 and remain mainstays of the series. While the mechanics would eventually get refined further, they allowed for so much more depth and customization with team building than what was possible before. Now what? Yeah, I think yeah. that also goes back to why the gym leaders probably sucked as much as they did because this game was, I think, meant more to immerse you in the world yeah. than to make you worry about battling everything. Mm, certainly possible, and and that's another thing we didn't really touch on, um, like nature's and the um, the secret bases aspect. I didn't really ever touch or dive too much into the secret bases kind of stuff. Did you? Secret bases were cool. I remember putting down, like, you could get music note mats, and you could, like, make songs and run over the music note mats. Mm-hmm. 
it was it was a cool touch but to me it was i think it was more of unlocking the stuff for the secret bases because they really didn't have much of a point after the fact mm -hmm. i mean it was cool just to have it and go back and place your stuff and, and change your base and i think it was more unlocking the stuff for the bases and being able to buy extra stuff and decorating it how you want which was cool i like you said it gives you more cool side stuff to do that wasn't really crucial to the main mm -hmm. game but you could if you wanted to pick it up and play but wanted to take it a little bit more relaxed you could go do secret base stuff or, or you could go um do things that weren't really going to be super hard to do or, or make it more competitive for you to do you could just go do chill stuff like secret bases mm -hmm. i think secret i would have touched secret bases more had i been in middle school or elementary school when this game came out i like in high school there weren't many people bringing their game boys to school at that point yeah um huh. yeah and like at like lunchtime or after school i was playing a lot of magic at that point like i would have a group we would sit in the hallway and play magic that was my in between classes or like after school before school lunchtime shindig yeah i'd split my time between pokemon and magic at that point yeah um but but finding other people with their game boys and the, a link cable um had kind of died out by the time I got to high school. Otherwise, I think I would have... I, th I, I like the idea, the concept of the secret bases, but it was something that yep. I just never had an and avenue. And with online... I think online support could make them really cool, too, because then you could go to friends' yeah. secret bases, kind of like you could... Um, well, they had that in yeah, Omega like Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Sapphire. Yeah. Um, but that was one thing I, I didn't do in the remakes, either. Um... But yeah, good stuff. Good so, stuff. I like the natures too. That added a lot of com uh, good strategy and stuff to to these games. I, yeah, I like they said, a lot of the stuff is carryover. That's main stuff in the games now. Yeah. So, um, and you want to take the last one? Yep. Finally, from user Cyxeibr from Reddit, uh, this gen was mixed bag when it was released, but the good stuff was really good. My favorite memory is my first hunt for legendary Pokemon, specifically the whole ordeal to find the Golem legendaries and climbing Sky Pillar and finding Rayquaza. I used a guide to figure out how to catch the Regis, but Rayquaza blew me away. It's a shame they don't have legendary encounters like that anymore. Just getting into somewhere interesting and bang, awesome legendary Pokemon. And I agree with that. They kind of just hand them to you now. Yeah. Uh, you just, they're part of the story. You run into them, you catch them. There's nothing really involved in finding and catching them. So I would agree there. That and I think just the evolution of the internet. Like, nothing's really a surprise anymore in video games. Um, no. Like, you don't have the rare... You don't have, like, that peekaboo rumor. Or pushing the car around or cutting it... Get Mew. Cutting yeah. its tire so then you can use strength on the car to push and then you'll find a Pokeball underneath and then you find Mew. There's none of those playground rumors anymore. Uh... Because they'll just be online, or streamers will find them, or YouTubers will find them and post videos. And it's like there's something was something has been lost. Um, yeah, in just random people finding stuff. Those rumors, or the my uncle works for Nintendo kind of. Oh jeez, no, those still happen. <laughs> kind of thing, but now you have 400 leaker, quote unquote leaker accounts on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but... But thank you to each and every one of you who submitted your favorite moments and memories and thoughts of Gen 3. We really appreciate them. And as always, down in the show notes, you will find links to the subreddits where you can share your own favorite memories and moments of Gen 3 with us. And I can't wait to watch them. Now, after hearing Greg and I talk about Gen 3 and really every Pokemon game ever in, well, every mainline, I should say. Um, you might be wondering where you might be able to find your own copy of the third generation Ruby and Sapphire and Emerald games, so I am here to help you with that. Now, the original Game Boy Advance games, their prices are much like every Pokemon game. These games really jump up in price nowadays. Um, yeah. I don't think there's a digital version of any of these. I don't think this ever came out digitally. Um, but Pokemon Emerald, a loose copy of it, just the cartridge by itself will net you will run you $160. A, if you have the box and manual and everything complete, you're looking at about $450. No way. Yeah, according to price charting right pricecharting.com, I'm looking at it right now, and a brand new still sealed copy of Emerald will run you about $1900. Oh. If you're looking for Ruby, definitely cheaper. A loose cartridge will run you about $66.65. Complete is $262. And a brand new copy of Ruby will be about $1,400. Sapphire loose is $57. New uh, complete in box is $267. And new is, for whatever reason, no one likes Sapphire because a brand new Steel Sealed, if you can find it, is looking at to be about $685. Um, so there's that, but if you want, this game did receive a Nintendo 3DS remake with the Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby, and these did get a digital re-release on the Nintendo eShop on 3DS, which honestly will be going out of service by the end of the month, so if you want to get that, well, it's being shut down next year, but you won't be able to add funds, uh, at the end of the month. Uh, but Alpha Sapphire, a loose cartridge on that on 3DS will run you about $29, 30 bucks. Complete in box, only about $32.50, so about $32, $35. Bucks. And a brand new copy of Alpha Sapphire will run you about $50. Omega Ruby, just the cartridge itself, will be about $27. Complete in box, about $33. And a new copy of Omega Ruby, about $75. And I don't know what it is on the e shop, but considering that's all shutting down soon, I'd imagine it's uh, thirty nine ninety nine because that's what it went for um, when it initially probably. Launched. And it looks like you can actually get them right now for decently cheap oh. on Amazon too. Oh, there you go, even better. It looks like uh, Omega Ruby on Amazon right now thirty nine forty nine. Oh. Even and uh, thirty nine seventy five for Alpha Sapphire. So uh, I see the next part is tips for new players. Yeah, get Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire because they're much cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, those are that's not a bad price at all. Um, they are very good games. Uh, the remakes very are good. very very good. So uh, that is your advice. Do you have any other advice uh, for new players? Let's say you have picked up your own copy of Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire, or Ruby Sapphire or Emerald. What would be your advice, Greg, for new players? Uh, go Torchic. Um, enjoy the game. It's not a game you need to rush through. Like like everyone has said, there's a lot to do in it. And I mean, it's just one that it's more for like, ex- don't worry about having to power level your Pokemon. Don't worry about going into anything too underleveled and having to grind forever. 
if you play through the game doing kind of like your discovery mode sort of game style, you will be leveled enough by the time you get to a gym to be able to beat it. So I take it at your own pace, um, but go Torchic because Torchic's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I, if you, I don't see anyone just randomly picking up Pokemon at Gen 3 at this point. It's Pokemon. You know what you're getting into. I agree. Go Torchic. Mudkip is also a great option because a fucking love Mudkip meme is amazing. Um, yep. But yeah, enjoy enjoy Pokemon Adventure. Enjoy it. Um, it it might be your favorite. It might not be your favorite, and then that's okay. But it would it is still a game. These are still games worth playing. So have fun. my one of my favorite parts of each episode it's the monster or enemy of the week and being a a series based all around monsters pocket monsters at that what is your favorite pokemon period Rick? oh lord oh let me pull up my whole list dude there's so many now yeah um it, I, if i had to go back if i'm going all the way back, you've got to kind of go Charizard. Charizard. I mean, Charizard is is a is a solid all around Pokemon, and you don't get much better than that. I mean, I like the Chans, the Hitmonchan, the Hitmon are the Hitmons, the Hitmonchan, the Hitmon Lees. Um, that's probably going to be peak Pokemon for me because I'm a Gen One guy. So. Yeah. All right, with Charizard as exciting as vanilla ice cream. You have <laughs> its Pokedex entry from Pokemon Blue is it spits fire that is hot enough to melt boulders. It may cause forest fires by blowing flames. And its red entry is its wings can carry this Pokemon close to an altitude of 4,600 feet. It blows out fire at very high temperatures. Its height clocks in at about five foot seven inches. Its weight is just under 200 pounds at 199.5 pounds. Its category is considered flame, and one of its abilities that it eventually, or that it gets in later generations, like Gen 3, is Blaze, where it powers up fighting moves with Pokemon when its HP is low. Its type is flying and fighting, and it isn't a dragon despite its looks, and its weaknesses include water, electric, rock. Its special attack is fairly, is higher than its physical attack and its speed is slightly above average as well so check out charizard and if you have one of those pokemon cards they are worth nothing so feel free to send me one <laughs> i have one sitting up here on my shelf i'm also a big fan of the luxray luxray so. are good luxray are good but that is charizard that is the end of the episode. So, Greg, thank you so much for coming on and nerding out with me. It's always it's always good to hang out with you, even even digitally, and just hearing yeah, your voice. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Of course, it's good to do a podcast that's not my own. I know, <laughs> and I'm just saying, I won't. If you ever invite me onto Grindline, I won't be anywhere nearly as good of a guest because I don't follow sports puck. Um, but I know Red Wings <laughs> is there a team go. in Detroit, and I you like Steve Eiserman. Go Red Wings. Uh, but yes. Way to go. <laughs> But yes, it's been great just kind of talking and hanging out and nerding out with you, my friend. But where can people find you on the internet? What do you have cooking? Go ahead and plug away your stuff. 
So my personal Twitter is at bringing the wing. I tweet mainly from the Grindline podcast Twitter at Grindline Pod. Like you said, we're a Detroit Red Wings hockey podcast. I know the crossover probably isn't super large, um, but you can find us everywhere. I mean, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. I made a TikToks for the children's. Um, it's yeah, we're everywhere. We post weekly. I do five minute videos whenever there's news, but mainly it's hockey stuff. There you go. Uh, and yeah, uh, if you want, you can see Greg and I. From years ago, about five years ago at this point was the last episode. Uh, retro Scott and Greg. Retro Scott and Greg, yes. Um, yeah, just go on YouTube. Y- on YouTube, search Time Hops, where Greg and I drink beer and play random video games for about half it hour. Was so much it fun. was a good time. I will. I we. I would love to do that again, um, at some point. But um, yes, great, great to have you on, my friend. And thank you to each and every one of you who's listened today. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service. Is I'd really appreciate it. If you have an RPG you would like to feast, would like us to feature on an episode, tweet at underscore RPG University with the hashtag RPGU with your suggestion, or you can share your own favorite RPGs or Pokemon directly with me on Twitter at Professor RPG. As always, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another. Class dismissed. <laughs>